Hello, everyone, and welcome to Metalography Podcast. I'm your host, Willie the Wilster. Before I talk about the band and album of this episode, I want to talk about a few things. I want to apologize for my prolonged absence. At the end of last year, I planned to just take a few weeks off to spend time with family and recharge a bit. That hiatus took a little longer than usual due to some illness that hit. Then a combination of personal issues and family issues hit, and it just took so much time and energy from me that I didn't have any left to spend on this great show. Like I mentioned before, this is a one-person show. I do all the research, writing, recording, editing, marketing, etc. on my own. So when things hit my personal life, unfortunately, this is impacted, and it's impacted really big because, that, like I said, that energy and, and time just gets taken away from me that I usually devote to uh, working on this show. So again, I want to apologize for not being there for you all. I greatly appreciate all the messages and people that have reached out to check on me, and I want to assure you all that I am okay and I'm ready to start the next chapter of this show. With that being said, the format of the show may change a little over time, so please let me know your thoughts on some of the format changes and I'll see what direction this show goes. I have one more apology to give, and that is to metalographer Melissa. You had requested this band a while back, and I promised you this would be the first one for 2023. I apologize it is later than I planned, but this will still be the first one for 2023, and with that, on this episode, we will be looking at The Devil Wears Pradas with Roots Above and Branches Below. Okay, thank you, Melissa, for the recommendation and the message. I appreciate your support. The Devil Wears Prada is a band I had heard of but never knew much about them. I would see their shirts at like Hot Topic, and I just loved how colorful and elaborate their designs were. They almost looked kind of cartoonish. Why I never picked up an album by them before, I have no idea. Well, then there was a game called Guitar Hero World Tour that came out and the song Des Moines was available for download as a bonus track. At the time, I was a big fan of the music games such as Guitar Hero and Rock Band. Anyone else a big fan of those games? So my first exposure to them was that song. It was appealing to me at the time and I still don't know too much about and I still didn't know too much about them. I picked up the album with Roots Above and Branches Below due to the song uh, Des Moines being on there. I remember when I listened to it, it was something a bit different and yet familiar. The mix of some heavy uh, metal riffs and blast beats, but then clean vocals and melodies was appealing to me. The Devil Wears Prada is considered a metalcore band. And I've not really talked about metalcore on this show and figured this band and album would be a good start. Probably the main characteristics of metalcore are their mix of classic heavy riffs, blast beats with double bass drumming, and the use of breakdowns. Vocals tend to be a bit more on the screaming side, with clean vocals used a lot during the choruses or during some breakdowns. Um, but that seems to be kind of the, the blueprint or the foundation of what all metalcore bands kind of have. They have kind of all that similar style and structure. Now, some of the most popular metalcore bands are Shadows Fall, Killswitch Engage, As I Lay Dying, All That Remains, and of course, The Devil Wears Prada. 
melodic death metal and especially Swedish melodic death metal have been a big influence on some of the newer metalcore bands. And I personally believe that without melodic death metal, uh, metalcore probably would not be as popular as it is or even exist the way it is now. I am a fan of this subgenre of metal, and there are those that are kind of opposed to the style and see it as not the proper rec- and don't give it the proper recognition it deserves. Some even kind of look down at metalcore bands or even fans of metalcore and even kind of I've I've kind of seen this like in social media deem them as not true metalheads or not true metal fans if you like bands like As I Lay Dying or Shadows Fall or something like that which you know like I've mentioned, metal has so many subgenres that appeal to so many people, which is why I love heavy metal. It's so vast. Almost anybody who loves some kind of music or some kind of beat or a harder type sound, they can find a metal band somewhere out there. Now, metalcore may not appeal to you. And that's fine. That's great. You might be more, maybe you like the classic death metal, or maybe you just stick to good old classic thrash metal like Slayer and Megadeth. And that's great. I love those bands too. As you know, I've covered them on this show. But metalcore, especially new metalcore, kind of starting around the 2000s, maybe 2010s, that's kind of where uh, it kind of got a little mainstream. And that could see be another reason why some people just don't, see metalcore as as true metal because heavy metal has kind of always had this underground uh, movement and underground fan base which really has for the exception of a few subgenres i'm mostly speaking about hair metal uh, which i haven't really covered yet on this show but i will get there i promise you uh you know that one kind of was a mainstream form of heavy metal uh, so when kind of metalcore came on the scene around that mid 2000s, 2010s, it just didn't quite, I guess, appeal to kind of those underground fans. And I get that. I understand it may not appeal to you and that's fine, but there really is a huge, like almost cult following of metalcore fans and they support these bands like crazy i mean some of these bands have been very successful without getting much commercial radio airplay especially in some of the markets that i've lived in i wouldn't really hear a kill switch engage song on the radio um but their fans are some of the most dedicated fan bases out there so metalcore whether you love it or you don't, it's still a subgenre of heavy metal, a very popular one, and it's one that I happen to like. I don't know. I, I really was big into it kind of when Metalcore was at that peak in the 2010s era. Lately, and I would say what I mean by lately, I would say within the past two or three years, I've, I've not really listened to some of the newer stuff coming out on Metalcore. I've really stuck to what I liked during that time period. And also I've been using just kind of opening up to, to revisiting old bands that maybe I didn't like when I first heard them. So I'm giving them a second shot. And that's kind of led me to other new subgenres that I've just kind of fallen in love with. And so metalcore may not be as high as my favorite subgenre of metal, but I still tell people that, yeah, I like some metalcore and I like some, a lot of metalcore bands and 
I'm not ashamed to say that, as maybe some might be, but you shouldn't be. You should tell people, if you love metalcore, and even if that's the only metal you like, it's awesome. I've been to some of their shows. Those shows get wild. Mosh pits get crazy. Whether you're listening to Cannibal Corpse and you want a death wall smashing, or you're listening to Lamb of God and you got a nice circle pit going, you can tell everyone is just having a blast. So... That's kind of a brief history of metalcore, and I probably touched a little bit more on maybe a personal side of metalcore. Uh, but again, I like it as a subgenre, so it's one of my favorites, and there probably will be more bands and albums that I cover. Uh, so if it felt like I maybe glossed over some of the beginnings of metalcore, uh, rest assured that I'll be coming back here and we'll be looking at that in another episode. So according to a chat I had with Abraham Lincoln on the internet, this album came out on May 5th, 2009 on Ferret Music. It was the band's third studio album, and it peaked at number 11 on the Billboard Top 200, selling 31,000 copies its first week. And at the time of this release, uh, this was the most successful release for the band they had experienced. The members on this album include Mike Rancia, lead vocals, Chris Ruby, lead guitar, Jeremy DePoister, rhythm guitar and clean vocals, Andy Trick on bass, James Bainey on keyboards, and Daniel Williams on drums. The songs on this album are Sassafras, I Hate Buffering, Assistant to the Regional Manager, Des Moines, Big Wiggly Style, Danger Wild Man, Ben Has a Kid, Wapocalypse, Gimme Half, Louder Than Thunder, Lord Xenu. One thing you may notice about the band is their song titles, especially on their earlier albums. They have a bit of humor and sarcasm to them that you might think, uh, just by looking at the song title, they're not a serious band, or maybe they don't take on serious themes or ideas, but that could not be the case when you actually listen to the lyrics and see that most of their songs deal with real issues and themes. Sassafras kicks off the album and it kicks off fast and aggressive. It was this. It was literally the second song I had ever heard by the Devil Wears Prada, and I, I got the CD, and I, I'm pretty sure I probably listened to it in my car the first time because I probably went to the store, bought it, and then popped it in my car, and I just hear the little click, like the one, two, three, four click, and then screaming, screaming vocals, heavy riffs and beats, and just whoa. Punch in the face, great way to start a heavy metal album, for sure. The keyboards add a lot of darker sounds and a bit of melodies and epic sounds to the song. The theme of the song is kind of based around faith and walking in your faith. The lyrics to the song are deep, in my opinion, and right off the first track, you see that just because the title of the song may be silly, the lyrics and content are not. And as a bonus, this song features uh, the album title during the bridge. Uh, they scream the album title kind of in the middle of the breakdown of the bridge there. Uh, the album continues with a similar sound and drive through the tracks I Hate Buffering and Assistant to the Regional Manager. I do like a bit of the clean guitar melody that opens Assistant to the Regional Manager. Then it gets to the basic heavy riffs and fast tempo beats. And again, you can hear the keyboards adding an epic sound and score to the song, which makes this song and really this whole album feel big. There's also a video for Assistant to the Regional Manager, so check it out. 
So the next track is Des Moines. And again, that's the first song I ever heard from the band. The song actually starts out with some clean vocals just before a fast tempo change and then back to clean vocals again. This song moves in many directions and I think that was what appealed to me when I heard this song for the first time. I felt like I didn't know where the song was going and enjoyed the surprise with the mix of heavy riffs, the clean vocals, the epic sound and melodies from the keyboards and piano, the changes in the tempo from a single bass beat to fast double bass drumming beats, especially during the chorus. There are a couple of breakdowns in this song, which help to change the tempo up a bit. So, one thing about the Devil Wears Prada is they do kind of have some Christian faith roots as well. And you can tell by the theme, especially in this song, where uh, words or prayers are sometimes meaningless. And I mean, the song opens up with some really good lyrics, some one of the best lines I like in most songs that I've heard. And the line is, fall to your knees, accomplishing nothing. Pretty powerful statement, which again shows how song titles, even though they may be silly names, the content definitely is not. This song was my gateway song to The Devil Wears Prada. It's the one that just opened me up to him. And as the Oakley cliche goes, that rest is history. And I never looked back and been a fan of them ever since. Big Wiggly style starts with a bit more melodic epic sounds and transitions into simple heavy riffs uh, with the typical start and stop rhythm guitar riffs. This song also changes up the tempos and sounds throughout, creating a very diverse sounding song. The keyboards and piano give more epic sounds uh, to it that can really capture a different feel. The song ends with a clean guitar melody that I always enjoyed, and especially how the feedback leads straight into the next track, Danger Wild Man. This song keeps a more traditional metal pace throughout, with more of that start and stop guitar riffs that uh, metalcore really is kind of a signature sound and signature style. During the chorus, there is a mix again of the clean vocals and screaming vocals, which is a great contrast, and then you add a layer of keyboards to it and it brings it back to that big sound that this album has been doing a lot with the previous tracks. And this song, Danger Wildman, is one of my personal favorite tracks on the album. Ben Has a Kid is the next track on the album. And it keeps a fast pace throughout most of the beginning and kicks in with some nice palm-muted guitar riffs as well. The chorus sounds big and epic again with clean vocals, keyboards, clean melodic guitars, and just a hint of crashing drums and cymbals. The song also features a few different styles of breakdowns, and I really enjoyed them as they help to build a really nice epic breakdown that leads to a closing that sounds just as big and the piano melody just before a nice blast beat to end. Apocalypse and Gimme Half keep more simple riffs that are associated with metalcore, and some, and some good breakdowns that lead to more melodic guitar riffs. The band was really looking at making their sound as big as possible on this album, and it shows on these songs. When listening to this album again to prepare for this episode, I forgot how much Gimme Half is such an enjoyable song for me. Little hints of melodies throughout the song, with most of it just being heavy riffs and blast beats. But for me, the best part is the ending, which has this piano melody played as the heavy riffs and blast beats slowly fade out, 
And then that piano melody kind of keeps the lead into the next song, Louder Than Thunder. Now, I realize that it's kind of an ironic song title as this song is not loud, especially in the traditional metal sound, uh, but it could be louder in lyrics and themes. The piano is accompanied by a simple drum beat and other sounds and clean vocals. The guitars help to add another layer of melodies throughout. It's not a fast tempo song and is definitely could be considered a ballad type style uh, song for the band. Lord Xenu is the closing track and just takes off from the beginning after the ballad style song Louder Than Thunder. There are many elements that have been heard on the previous tracks that are all wrapped up in the song. There's some breakdowns, melodies, clean vocals, and piano tracks to fill the spaces with uh, more additional different sounds and feels. The tempo is very fast-paced, and I think it's a great track to close out an album that has been filled with many different elements of music, especially metal music, and many songs that just went in many different directions and almost kind of kept me on my toes as to, like, where is this song going? I, I can't get a grasp on how their writing structure is going and what the typical structure is they're following. So my final thoughts on this album is that, well, like I said, this album introduced me to the Devil Wears Prado, and it really introduced me to the metalcore subgenre. There are a lot of songs I love on this album, but I would have to say that my favorite is Des Moines. It, it was the song that started it all for me with this band. It opened me up to new bands, and it helped metalcore become one of my favorite subgenres of heavy metal. I love this album. I almost would say it's probably my favorite Devil Wears Prada album, but there's a couple that are really close up there that I, I kind of go back and forth and be like, no, I really like this album. No, I think this was their best album. Uh, the lyrics and themes of this band can really resonate with many people. You know, some people think that heavy metal is all about death or darkness or evil. But if you really sit and analyze what some bands are writing or saying, you can find that there's a lot of hope and light in that. And it can help people uh, be pulled out of some dark places. The Devil Wears Prada is a band that's done that for me. I'm a big fan of this band and I've enjoyed many of their albums. Take a listen to this album and see what hits you the most. Thanks for joining me. Please let me know what your thoughts are of this album by emailing me at metalographypodcast at gmail.com. Also, let me know of any albums you would like for me to review. Please like, follow, and subscribe to this podcast and leave a review. This helps to grow the show and make it better. Follow us on Twitter at metalographypod and like us on Facebook and Instagram at metalographypodcast. All the links are in the description below. Thanks again for listening and for your support. And remember, keep it loud and keep it metal. Be blessed, everyone. Mm-hmm.